Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> How was your day today? Nah, rough. Fuel cues? Been a rough day. Yeah, why? Uh, basically, uh, several things happened, but the one that kind of then topped it off was I was trying to pay for my vehicle license. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you saw those takes. Circulating. Well, partly, but because I wanted to pay for oh, my okay. license. Okay, good season, right? And then I get mm-hmm. there, and there's like this long queue. Then they tell us there's no paper. Ah, uh, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> okay. And wow. So then. So what did you do? So I'm, I'm like, okay, can I pay, and then come and collect my disc and stuff tomorrow? They're yeah. like, no. So I, I was quite because I was like, what's your reasoning? And I, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Maybe so many people went today that they don't know. Yeah, they ended up sorting it out, but I had to wait there for like a long time. You see, when you pray for patience, the Lord puts you in certain situations. Mm. Okay. So you have to exercise your patience muscles. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Yeah, so today we are following on from last week's episode, which was about mental health and whether these things are spiritually attributed or if they're just chemical imbalances or, you know, we've all heard the whole spiel that it's just... Yeah. You need to take a pill and you'll be fine. Whereas people of color most of the time, let's deal with the <laughs> Zimbabwean context. <laughs> we believe in Rechiwanu. You could have been cursed or you could have a demon, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, actually, if you haven't listened to that episode, I urge you to go back and listen to it. The conclusions there might surprise you. But today we are following on from that, talking about healing in general. Is it something that has science involved in it? Like, I have a headache, I take a pill, I'm fine. Or I should have a headache and then, like Peter's mother-in-law, was it? Yeah. Jesus came and he rebuked the fever. And then she was oh, yeah. fine. Yeah. So, which is it? Do we do both? Do we do either or? So, we have some guests in the studio to help us unpack this topic. We've got Cool Waza. What's cool Waza. I'm so happy family. to see you. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's been, been minute, ages. Right? It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing? Very well. Um, uh, I'm glad that I didn't take uh, Cookie's route because I wanted to pay my license. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I'm I grateful did. that I didn't do so. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, my patience was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pass the test? I feel huh? like you might have failed it. Don't you have faith in me, Sha? I think I kind of passed. Okay. 
After giving some people stress, I actually stressed. I stressed that lady out. I was like, "What's your logic?" Like, <laughs> Shame. Is it even her fault, Bryce? She just works there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's the system, man. Be mad at the system. And then we also have Dr. Tonde, who's a newbie. Yeah. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Good. Um, cool. First time. I'm excited, and yeah, I look forward to today's discussion. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. So just uh, just to give a bit of background, Dr. Tonde is actually a medical doctor. He's a physician, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a very smart guy. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine, good friend of ours, and we've kind of known him for for quite a long time. So I think this is going to be good. Awesome. Yeah. So um, you know, I think this this subject is a very interesting one because. Uh, there's, you know, there seems to be this conflict, and <clears throat> if you look at even even you know in academia in the church, there seems to be this conflict between science and faith, right? To say, uh, do they do they work together? Are they at odds with each other? Do you believe in science or do you believe in God? You know, and this has been an ongoing debate. And even if you look at subjects like uh, Christian apologetics, there's a whole lot of material out there where debates are happening about this particular subject. So we want to wanna bring it home today. Um, I think, you know, the, the thing we want to talk about, obviously, is sickness and just the whole issue of health and well-being, right? So when you get sick and have a health problem as a Christian, what should you do? Do you get prayed for? Right? Because we're, we're, you know, we're encouraged to apply faith. Mm-hmm. So, do you get yeah. prayed for? Mm. Do you seek prayer? Seek God first, mm-hmm. or should you call the doctor? <laughs> what, in fact, what, what should happen first? I think w- where that question comes from is because in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, uh-huh. a lot of people believed that sicknesses were connected to a sin, or uh-huh. your parents' sin, or somebody's sin. So, obviously, the natural thing is, I need to get prayed for God, or I need to forgive or be forgiven, and then I'll be fine. Which is why it made sense that Jesus could just heal people, because you could just forgive you of your sin. Okay. Yeah. So what? What does that mean now? Yarasina. That's what it means if you have a headache. Question your morals. Yeah, keep quiet. Let me talk to the experts. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, over to you. All right. Uh, well, it's a very interesting question, especially in the context of uh, Zimbabwe, where we live here. Where it's an either or, you know, either you are spiritual or you are carnal uh-huh. and you are still immature and you need to rely on uh, people like Dr. Tonde here to help you when things go bad, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, there's that people want to live in a dichotomy of sorts. But if you if you examine the scriptures, you find that that's not something that the Bible itself has, you know, has put in place. You find that it's not an either or world, but it's a both and, you know. Uh, you have First Timothy 5 verse 23. Uh, of course, in the Bible, you won't have too many stories where you find medicine being exalted or being spoken of in the best of terms. You know, you always find it being referred to as uh, something that's there, but there's the healing power and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you do see in 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul actually uh, commanding Timothy and saying, stop. That's what he says. He says, mm-hmm. stop just drinking water, but take a little wine. This is the one that the wine bibbers love. Mm-hmm. This verse, T Mac's favorite <laughs> verse. <laughs> so you know, like, you know, take some wine because of your of your stomach problems and your frequent illnesses. So stomach issues and other illnesses that uh, Paul said, if you take a little bit of wine, it should help you. Right. Uh, if you look at Isaiah when he went with the prophecy, 
to the king, uh, King Hezekiah, and told him he's not going to recover. And then God said, I've added 15 years to his life. Uh, he went back and actually commanded that they uh, have something, this thing, they call it, a, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, a poultice. Uh, I might be pronouncing it wrong. But it's this soft uh, material that was made out of figs that you okay. put on areas where you have inflammation and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be put on the boil and it was going to help him to recover. Uh-huh. So you, know, you find him going to a natural uh, remedy uh, after coming to him with the spiritual word, right? Like God says, it's at 15 years to your life, but you're still sick. So to recover from the sickness, get this mishmash of, boil, of, of figs and put it on the boil. Interesting. And then you get better. And he recovered. So you see that it's not a world where it's either or, it's both and. Um, and so I think that's that's how I see from the scriptures, and and w- people are welcome to to see you <laughs> Cool, thanks, brother. We yeah, no, thank thank you very much. You know, and I think um, it's a very interesting topic, and I'm a person who likes to think through things um, every step of the way. So I'll just give you know a little bit of my experience, what I've seen, and what I think um, is a pragmatic approach to it. Um, I agree with my colleague over here that it's not one or the other and i think the problem with mainstream media is that you have to consider the agenda behind the narrative that is being pushed you know you've got (laughs) yeah you could call it fake news (laughs) you know the narrative in you know the secular world is secularism and you know the weapon that they have to debunk is science you know or they peg science against you know a theological worldview and like my colleague was saying it's not one or the other but it's both so to say it's science versus God, I don't think it's an appropriate um, approach to, to what we're discussing over here. We're saying that, you know, um, as man, we are human beings, we're thinking beings and logical beings, and we have mind and understanding from our creator. You know, I'm Christian, and that's my worldview. And, you know, I believe with all my heart that it is truth. So where did I get mind from? You know, matter can't give birth to mind and you know, and we're saying there's a mind that has given birth to all things and including our minds. So when I see a patient, um, for example, you know, I would like to believe that some of my decisions are also God inspired and that I too can be a vessel for God to make use of. So it's not, did God heal me by faith or by science? I think it's both, um, not one or the other. You know, that's really my, my take on it. If I give an example, you're saying, um, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. But, you know, you ask yourself, if I have a headache, should I go see the doctor first or should I pray? From a medical perspective, there are conditions that if you're not treated within an hour, the outcomes are really poor. Mm -hmm. And we've seen scenarios where a patient has gone to a particular, um, I'm not mentioning any names, but would have gone to a spiritual event. (laughs) I'll just be very vague. I say a spiritual event on a Sunday or whatever. And it's not uncommon that by end of day, you actually find a lot of patients uh, coming from that event, crossing over to mainstream, either in the cover of darkness because of fear of stigma, or they come late or too late for you to be able to intervene, mm. um, you know, and you lose a life or you lose, you know, um, the opportunity to restore one's health because of that dichotomy that we said, is it one or the other? It's not one or the other. I'll take it as both. Mm. Yeah. So what it's a, I think it's very hard for you as a doctor and a Christian because you obviously do believe in divine healing as well. 
So are there instances where you've seen it at play, like something has been healed divinely and there was no need for medical intervention? Or mm-hmm. is it, are you more commonly see, I mean, Tagampa Mapiris and they were fine? Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. So um, actually, I'll, 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 I'll give an analogy, or rather not an analogy, but you're probably very familiar with Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Carson is a Christian neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, he's author of Gifted Hands and very devout Christian and a brilliant neurosurgeon. And he doesn't approach a patient saying it's one or the other, you know, he prays for his patient, but he also prays for his work, mm. asking for that, you know, understanding to be able to solve that particular patient's problems. Um, I can say from my own personal experience, you know, because I think things through a lot. So if someone comes to me and says, oh, no, I've been healed, mm. um, I ask myself a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, healed from what? <clears throat> you know, and that what, was it an accurate what? You know, so... Sometimes as doctors, we put a label. We say, this is your diagnosis. You're suffering from condition A. Um, but we know as medics, there's a margin of error. Mm-hmm. We get it right maybe 60% of Are the you time. Serious? <laughs> okay, you can delete that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you, <laughs> I'm shooting myself in the foot here, aren't I? That's okay, do tell, do tell. Expose them. I'm Here's more. <laughs> You know, we're saying that, you know, someone walks in and it's not uncommon that off the bat, you're not going to know what's wrong with the patient. You can hypothesize that, okay, these are my top five hypotheses. It could be this, 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 but I need to do tests and investigations. And even those tests and investigations, you know, at the back of your mind that I get a false positive, I can get a false negative, and there's that margin of error. Right. So when someone comes and says, I've been healed, the first question is, were you ever sick in the first place? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because you may not have been. Because the doctor said you have this, you know, how did the doctor verify it? And the test that was done, how certain are we that that investigation was done properly and interpreted properly? So when you put all those margins of error as a thinking man, I'm like, okay, some of these healings you're saying are healings? Mm-mm, not really. But there are scenarios that I've experienced personally where I can say that I cannot explain from my medical textbooks. Yeah. And that I can label as, you know, um, a healing. And I can debate it with a colleague and say, look, you and I both know that it's very difficult to explain what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I just give one very short example, sure. you know, you know, from from church. Um, one of our church members uh, went for, you know, she had a tumor, right? She had a brain tumor. And the thing about the brain is that its cells do not regenerate. The number of cells you have when you're born, that's it. The only thing that happens is decay and you start losing brain cells from about 18 years. That's just the way it is. Okay. So even if you read Gifted Hands, Ben Carson will say, your child is going for surgery. It's not going to be the same one coming out because we're going to have to cut part of the brain out and that could be memories, that could be function and they will never ever be restored. You've physically removed it. Makes sense? Yeah. So this particular patient, you know, or person from church goes in for the surgery, you know, comes out of the surgery and, you know, the neurosurgeon who did the case is explaining the case to us in the audience. 
towards the end of that you know ordeal they were giving thanks for the support of the church you know the pastor asked her to you know get up out of a wheelchair because you've physically removed the part of the brain that's responsible for that kind of activity it doesn't make sense for someone to be able to carry out that activity because mm. the brain hasn't relearned it the circuits are not physically there yeah but she got up and walked wow. you know took you know stood up took a few steps and sat down again and you know you can debate it you can ask the surgeon who did the case he'll tell you that i physically removed something and it doesn't make scientific sense that you know 30 minutes later we have restoration of function yeah so you do get those scenarios but i do think a lot of cases that people say i'm healed i put a question mark but if you think through most of them you will come across those miracles that do happen mm. okay yeah so my question then is there is is that why why is there so much and cause maybe you can take this why is there so much emphasis on divine healing? <clears throat> mm. You know what I mean? Like, if someone is sick, we as Christians are encouraged mm. to pray for the person. Yeah. Um, and and yet there's this other side that we're seeing there's actually less cases mm-hmm. um, from a medical point of view where people are healed through prayer and stuff like that. So is it that as Christians we are sort of misunderstanding what the Bible is saying? Have we kind of just been hyped up, right? Or is there something we're missing in terms of our faith? Are we lacking faith? And so that's why certain things are not happening. That's why we're not seeing the miracles and um, the divine healings. Hmm. Well, I think we, if you look at it from a historical point of view, more he, uh, like uh, recent history when a lot of uh, interest in spiritual healing came about as it was restored to the body of Christ from around 1900 with guys like John G. Lake and so on and some of these miracle workers coming through and up to like late on in that generation of the faith generals as they're called, uh, guys like Kenneth E. Hagen, uh, I think the teachings that they they gave on faith that were taken to extremities um, and um, I think particularly where a teaching around faith that says that if you believe that God has done something, you shouldn't then go back and ask for mm-hmm. God or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. Once it's done, it's yeah. done. Yeah. So if you go and seek other remedies, it's a sign that you yeah. don't actually believe yeah. because mm-hmm. listen, if it, God did it, then God's done it, you know, mm-hmm. and everything that's left, the pain that you may be feeling right now, whatever's going on in your body, that's just the devil. You know, wow. trying to just trying to con you out of your miracle, trying to get, get, get you to doubt, and you know you shouldn't uh-huh. listen to that. If you go to the doctor, or whatever, you are listening. So that I think is an extreme uh, teaching mm. or application yeah. of the doctrine of faith, right? Which you will find in any kind of uh, move of God or any kind of kind of contemporary. Um, if you think any kind of thing that comes out, the emphasis, if someone's going to talk about the presence of God, or maybe there's guys who have had these revival moments, there's always some extremities that come out of it. Uh, I think because of that's human nature. You know, we have a tendency to to go to the extreme in, in, yeah. in some cases, even with the prosperity doctrine, the guys mm-hmm. have taken it to extremes where it's like, you know, you just blab it and grab it. And that's how it's been you know yeah. uh, taught. So I think that's one of the the biggest problems. And what happens is that people then just receive that it's like legacy this guy had so many testimonies and he prayed for people and they got healed so whatever he's saying should be true and then everyone just takes it on yeah and you have generations of guys yeah. believing it and teaching it without actually investigating 
So I think that's where a lot of the problem has come from, where mm. that strain, <clears throat> that extreme strain of, of, of uh, teaching, of faith teaching, uh, has people rejecting uh, medical advice. Mm. You also have guys who are just bringing, I would say, heresy even, uh, from cults. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people might not enjoy what I'm saying right now because I believe some like <laughs> uh, guys of the uh, white garment sect where they tell people that uh, we don't believe in medicine, yeah. we don't believe in having our children immunized. Um, and uh, I remember a case of someone who had um, uh, HIV and they were still in a place where they could have got ARVs yeah. and extended their life. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the prophet uh, told the person that uh, we don't do that. So he rejected ARVs and he deteriorated and he died. And the strange thing is that that prophet, when the, uh, his child got uh, a serious bout of flu, uh, took him to the hospital and had medicine <laughs> for the child and so on. So, yeah. you know, there's a part of you that can get very angry and say, but, you know, you cost a life. Someone yeah. just died because of your teaching yeah. um, and your debunking science and doing the wrong but you have, your child has benefited from the same science that you have. But at the same time, you didn't think maybe he had a, he had a moment of revelation, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that moment came at a time that wasn't, you know, it wasn't at the right time for the other guy to get saved, but his child gets saved. So you, but just, I mean, generally that's what you're fighting against. And yeah. even the government has had to get involved uh, yeah. to forcibly have kids uh, immunized and, and right. so on. So... These are some of the things that you'll find are the biggest problem. And this whole coming by night Nicodemusly, as it were, to say, uh, look, I still have issues. <laughs> yeah, I still have problems. It's because you're afraid that if people find out that that's what you're doing, yeah. people will say, you know, so you have no faith. faith yeah. We had a case where the church I was at before. This person went to one of these events. I like to use, uh, you know, the doctor said, the uh, spiritual <laughs> event. <laughs> and they went down there. And here's the thing. They actually did get healed. Spent two weeks over there, intensive teaching. And uh, after that, the man of God came out, laid hands on people. And she actually had an experience. She got healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and came back and there's things that she couldn't do before that she was able to do. Right. Uh, and, and, and it was joy and excitement. But I think about a week or two weeks later, the symptoms came back. Mm-hmm. But then she insisted, no ways. I'm, I'm healed. This is just the devil talking to me, lying to me. I'm not going to yield to this. And she kept on getting worse and worse until the leaders of the church had to get involved. And she was basically not forced as in, you know, like, but they had to make a C-sense. Look, you've got two young kids and a husband. You know, uh, these people are depending on you. And, you know, as a, as, as a mother and as a wife, you've got a place, you know, you, you can't just then die on them just because you're holding on to this thing. It's better for you to save your life and then work out why this thing came back or whatever mm-hmm. while you have the life to work it out yeah. than to, you know, while yeah. you're in a coffin, there's no way that you can yeah. work that out and there's a lot of pain and so on. So these things do have very real consequences um, and I think it's that, that strong strain of, of teaching. But what you're finding now under pressure from regulators mm-hmm. is that there is a change in the way that these guys are teaching. So you hear some of these guys, again, no names mentioned. I was relieved to hear them say, if, you're being, if, if you believe you've been healed of, say, HIV, continue to, to take your, your, your ARVs uh-huh. over a period of time. Mm. Because if, you know, if you're healed, it's not going to affect you too much. Just, yeah. just in case I'm wrong. Yeah, just, just, and that's the whole false positive thing. <laughs> yeah. Or not a false positive, but how people talk about how you can lose your healing. 
I'm sure you'd have heard about that. Because uh, that's the question I was going to ask okay. concerning <laughs> your, your church member, right? Yes. That in a situation like that, and listen, I, I guess this is not a question that's easy to, to answer. But a, I, so, I don't think so. How, how does it work that someone gets healed uh-huh. and then the symptoms come back? Like, have they like, lost their healing? Excellent. Were they healed at all? Yeah. And I, I guess this yeah. is where, this is where, where um, what Dr. T was saying, that were they yeah. healed at all? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, look, I, it's a very difficult question to answer because there's so many circumstantial things. You know, sometimes someone's been healed and genuinely the devil has come to try and make them believe that they're not healed. Mm-hmm. Right? Come in. Hey, you think you're healed? You're not. And then you, you give into that and then the thing, the thing comes back. I think that's genuinely a possibility. But it's, I think it's wrong to then apply it across the board and say that's what's happening with everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much like how you can have, you know, people go, uh, who have got cancer, go into chemo, come out, and guys say they're in remission. There's no trace of the cancer. But maybe a few years down the road, the cancer comes sense. back, yeah. you know. And um, I think, mm. yeah, I, I don't know if there's any, they have explanations for that in, in the scientific world. <laughs> Uh, but you know it's something that can happen and does happen and I know that Jesus said and the guys have said about there's guys who have taught about keeping your healing um, Jesus did say in one uh, situation in John 5 verse 14 this guy who had just been healed the guy who was in that paraplegic state for 38 years mm-hmm. and said uh, you're well now quit sinning or something Sometimes worse will happen to you mm-hmm. yeah. so mm-hmm. some guys will mm-hmm. teach that if you go back into sin you know, you can lose your healing. Sometimes, if the problem has come about because of a wrong lifestyle and you go back to it, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. That if you, you know, if, for example, you've been healed of HIV, you go back and you do that lifestyle that got you into that place. If it was, I'm not saying mm-hmm. everyone who has that <laughs> problem is because of the lifestyle. But if it was a problem of lifestyle and you're having unprotected sex, uh, going around and all that, and then you go back and do it, and, you you know, you can't say, oh, well, now that I'm healed, I'm basically immune, you know, yeah. <laughs> to that. Yeah. So yeah. it very well can happen again. So there's, yeah. as I said, various reasons why something can come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and some of it is also, is also spiritual in that, yeah, there are pathways, spiritual pathways. You do something, okay, like the whole Lot's wife. You're running away, don't look back. Your looking back can bring about the mm. return of that of that issue as well. So, okay. yeah. yeah, there's a whole range of possibilities, but no one can, I think, say 100% for every case yeah. why yeah, you have transitory yeah. Uh, healings. Yeah, so only because the topic is science versus, versus faith through the chair cookie. I'll just share something. So, um, you know, it, I, think, I think it just sort of adds a little bit to the confusion and stuff. Um, I agree with your statement that, you know, at times doctrines are taken to extremes. Still in the same Bible, we have, you know, when Jesus healed the lepers, what did he say? He said, go back to the priest mm. and be examined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And almost have a verification that you've had your healing because mm-hmm. as a leper, you had to be cast out of the city yeah. because you were unclean. Yeah. So go and have that ban lifted. So, you know, that speaks to that. But, you know, there's a very interesting uh, effect we see in medicine. It's called the placebo effect. Uh And I think you you may have heard of the term, you know, mainstream and so forth. And basically what we've found is that if you've got X number of people with the same condition, if you give them a sugar tablet, 20% of them will walk away saying, I'm better. Mm. And in cancer patients, that 
effect you get from giving someone a placebo is very difficult to beat with a genuine drug. So you find with the genuine drug that people are testing, they're competing against a placebo effect, you know, mm-hmm. and to see that there's actually a difference beyond whatever accounts for whether it's goodwill, you know, positive thing. I don't, I don't know how to account for that, you know, and scientifically we don't know how to account for the effect of someone thinking they're taking a tablet that's helping them that's got no active drug in it and they start to get start to improve you know so it's a bit of a spanner in you know trying to you know dissect you know some of these scenarios especially you know was the diagnosis really there are we seeing a placebo effect over there as well and i think um a lot of the spiritual experiences that people have it's very personal and i agree with you it's difficult to generalize a formulation of getting a healing for everyone across the board. You know, I think um, each person's scenario is fairly unique. You know, their own spiritual walk with God um, also comes into it. Yeah. I now want to talk about people who heal things either through, I don't know if naturopathy is the term that I'm supposed to use, but through natural means, like using herbs and, you know, not really, I don't know, is all medicine from... Okay. The environment, because there's some that's synthetic, right? But right. then there's, are there imitations of things that are really like God-made that are in nature? Right. That can right. also heal. Okay. Like, is that legit? <laughs> because so, we have our... Like forever living. No. <laughs> but yeah, okay, maybe, yeah, like forever living. Or how certain plants will have healing properties. Apparently, like, I've, got or a like, friend, I've got a friend who bought that stuff, but she spent a lot of money. And Aish, and uh, she's angry right now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to listen forever. I'm not trying to downplay forever. Listen. The way you're just saying, just saying, saying the like, name all over, like you've said it twice now. <laughs> okay, no, I mean like how, for example, aloe, which is included in those products, is said mm-hmm. to have healing properties, or weed is medicinal. But mm. that's a God. He's given us that herb or whatever you want yeah. to call it, and we can use it for that purpose. That's not including your prayers or anything. It's just something that God has given us as a solution to problem A. Okay. Is there anything wrong with going down that path? All right, no, th- that's, that's that's quite an interesting question. Um, you know, speaking to you know natural versus science. You know, science is based upon you know upon matter and observations. So we are always looking into the physical world around us. Um, do our best to try and understand it and see how we can replicate the same results over and over again. Um, so a lot of the medications that we have currently will be coming from either you know a traditional story or understanding in culture that if you take this, this, and this, you get some form of remedy from it. Mm-hmm. And you know, an example is in malaria treatment. There's um, a particular you know, vegetation and herbs that the Chinese have been using since BC days. BC days to treat malaria mm-hmm. and only recently a guy said look let's actually look at these plants find the active agent and that's come around to be our first line treatment for malaria so it's observations we see in nature and say how do we replicate it you know so I wouldn't say it's you know it's either or that's 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 how the scientific world um, operates we want to reproduce what we have observed so mm. so so yeah you know 
when you <coughs> add the spiritual aspect into <laughs> these into natural, the natural remedies, remedies you know kind of murkies the water you know is this really a spiritual thing that's happening was it really physical etc you know it becomes harder and harder to differentiate um you know between the two and obviously as a christian i'm saying where's your source coming from mm-hmm. i believe that you know if god has given you know um particular herbs and so forth certain medicinal properties mm-hmm. you know that's god given you know and it's for us to discover the mind of god yeah. you know some people are blessed with that knowledge and a lot of our science comes from the christian world it's thought that the chinese didn't develop sorry for saying that but the asian world didn't develop as much as you know the western world because of christianity that you know there's a rational way of thinking because of that you know um that background the order to the universe because there's someone who's put order to it mm. you know so i don't think it's in conflict the problem comes when you start tapping into a spiritual power outside of that yeah. then i think that we're now going in a different direction mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i've mm-hmm. answered your question no you have yeah. 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 yeah all right cool so my question um and i'm going to direct this to i guess to to the both both of you gentlemen uh in james chapter 5 uh from verse 13 this is quite a popular scripture uh, in the healing circles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Let him, let him sing, sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him, will raise him up. Um, etc. etc. So quite an interesting scripture. Because um, that scripture doesn't say, let him call the physician mm. or let him call the, the, the doctor or, you know. So I'm thinking maybe that's where some of the background comes from. Yeah. You know, where people say, no, but the Bible specifically, explicitly tells us to call, um, to, to, to go to prayer mm-hmm. as, a, as a first uh, resort. So um, I don't know. What, what, what do you guys... I'll let the theologian go. <laughs> okay, I think um, this is so important to just realize. I think that just we need some background around uh, how to, how we treat the scriptures. Uh, firstly, uh, if a specific instruction is given in the Bible, uh, it doesn't exclude or preclude. I don't know which word you want to use there. Uh, the use of other methods. So, if someone says, um, for example, he does say, uh, "Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise." Just because it doesn't say, uh, and then you can go and have a party and invite people and tell them about how happy, whatever it is that you're making happy or makes you happy or celebrate uh-huh. it, doesn't mean, therefore, that he's saying that you should not do that. Right. Uh, I think the context there, you find that he's talking about prayer and how everything that he says, he's showing that everything uh, in life, whether you're happy, mm-hmm. sing songs of praise, that's a form of prayer. Are you sad or are you in trouble? You should pray, you know, supplication. Are yeah. you sick? Let people come and pray for you. And then uh, he talks about confessing sin. And then he goes on to verse 18. He talks about how Elijah uh, prayed. You mm. know, talks about the, uh, you know, the fervent and uh, effective <laughs> prayer of a righteous, righteous person you know, is effective. So you, you have to look at it in the context of what he's talking about. He seems to be trying to pitch the importance of prayer and not basically preclude any other thing from anything else he's saying. I don't think he's saying, for example, if you're in trouble, then just pray about it and never tell anybody. Uh-huh. Or don't accept help from anyone. So, you know, you just have to, you know, be very careful with that. That's the first thing. The second thing, when you're trying to set a doctrine, right? Uh, doctrine is a, is a result of seeing a principle repeated in Scripture. So you don't form a doctrine out of one verse. 
the Bible itself yeah. gives us a hint on how to, you know, have uh, or how to establish doctrine. Let every matter be established by two or three yeah. witnesses. Right. So you need to look at the whole scope of Scripture to see if there's, you know, this is always the thing that's, uh, you know, that's being given as the go-to. Mm-hmm. So someone would ask, why then did Paul say to Timothy, his son in the faith, hey, you've got these frequent illnesses. Let me come and pray for you. This guy was a prolific healer, you know, you, uh, Paul was. Yeah. Let me come and pray for you. No, no, no. Drink wine now. Don't just drink water. Yeah. You know, so why didn't he say, you know, so someone could ask the same question. Uh, and I think what's important is that when you take the fullness of Scripture uh, together, you see that, as I said earlier on, this is why I believe there is no conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if James was on that uh, tip of get the elders to pray for you and get healing. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't then negate what Paul said to, 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 to Timothy. Get some wine, drink some wine because you've got problems with your stomach and other frequent illnesses that you have. All right. Yeah. So I think that I don't know if that helps in terms Definitely. of an answer. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry. But I do get why uh, that you see that, and that's why we need to be very careful with our hermeneutics, mm-hmm. big words, yeah. how yeah. we interpret the Bible, how we read the Bible, yeah. Yeah. because we can make serious errors mm-hmm. by just holding on to one scripture yeah. and not looking at the full scope of scripture and taking our understanding of whatever topic we are looking at mm-hmm. from the, that fullness. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Dr. Mm-hmm. T? Yeah, I know. It's. Um, I think. I think he said almost everything. Actually, you know, it's 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 understanding what exactly does this scripture actually say about it. Looking at it from, you know, um, you know, a Christian medics perspective. You know, I am definitely not against prayer for people and prayer before going to seek you know medical attention. Um, but I I think it has to be done, you know, in a wise fashion. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, if someone is, you know, visibly and perceivably not well, it's not. I don't think it's the right time for that person to start a forty-day fast, you know, or to go up the mountain. Yeah. You know, it's it's the time to act quickly. Yeah. You know, get those around you, pray in agreement, and go get medical attention. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's not something you you sit back on. So I agree with the stance to say that the scripture is not telling you not to do something else. It's almost like setting your priorities. If we ask ourselves, where exactly does sickness come from? You know, was it part of, you know, God's plan to have people get sick? You know, and if you go to the origin of it, we go right back into the Garden of Eden to say, okay, now the world we live in is not perfect because of the introduction of, of sin and certain things have happened as a consequence of that. So you understand why people, you know, you know, pray about it, but I think we forget and overdo it and go a little bit too far to the point that, you know, you miss out on on very obvious opportunities that God has given somebody revelation in science to be able to deal with that matter, you know. So, again, echoing what we've already said, it's not either or. It's also, you know, understanding Scripture in its correct context, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, being being wise about it. I like that. I like that you've taken it all the way back to the beginning. Because um, in the same verse in James, well, same chapter, in verse 15 onwards, it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Then it says, And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. Now, I've come across a few studies that have shown that our spiritual and mental well-being can also affect our physical yeah. 
as well. So like if you're a very bitter person or someone who holds grudges or someone who's easily angered, it can begin to affect your physical well-being. And if you just learn to forgive and all of that good stuff that the Bible teaches, <laughs> it can heal you. But it's not necessarily because someone laid hands on you. It's yeah. because you decided to kind of um, have your mind transformed so that in turn it could then transform your body. But in science, is there any explanation for how that comes about? Mm. Well, so very, 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 very interesting um, um, point that you bring up. So... In in science and in the medical world, we've got a term that we, you know, we say psychosomatic, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's in front of the patient, you you don't want to be, you know, um, insensitive. insensitive. So we use big words like supertentorial. That Uh-oh. just means it's, it's all in the mind. <laughs> <What>? but, <laughs> no. but, you know, I thought I'd throw that out there. I need to learn yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, this is supertentorial, you know, and... Everyone thinks it's a really big issue, but you know it's going back to the psychological well-being of the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. So psychosomatic, you're saying that the problem is um, could be an emotional problem, a severe emotional stress, whatever a traumatic event you know um, that they've gone through, a loss of a loved one, for example. Yeah, and it manifests with you know with chest pain or abdominal pain and so forth. They go to the doctor. We do our barrage of tests. We have no answers, you know. With the doctor's confused, does another set of tests. There's still no answers until after a while. Say, look, I can't find any physical explanation from my repeated, you know, evaluation of you, both our discussions, our physical examination, and our tests, you know. And then, you know, medically, that's where we say, look, I think you need to see a counselor, you know, or you need to sit down and talk to someone. You know, but, you know, just a slight side note, very interesting, you know, because I, I heard one very well-respected faith healer, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, Reverend Benny Hinn, he said, when you pray for something, I think he was talking at one of his healing schools, he says, you know, you need to be able to discern, is this physical or spiritual? Mm-hmm. And I have seen him draw back and say, no, this, this is not spiritual, this is physical. You know, you need to go see a doctor. And, you know, which... You know, just adds to that discussion. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not that clear cut as we take it at times, as listeners or followers. You know, yeah. but you know, you need a bit of wisdom. You know, and and discernment and understanding as you you chart your spiritual walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, just coming back on the back of that, I like mm. what, what what Doc is saying here about discerning the source. I think this is the power and the advantage of going to prayer first. That it's not always that you'll get the healing, but sometimes you can get the diagnosis through the Spirit. Uh, and the diagnosis through the Spirit, we call it the word of knowledge, right, in mm. our circles, uh, where the Spirit can give you understanding of what the problem is. And therefore, this is the source of the issue. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not that you get healing, but you, you, you've been told you have a problem that you need to go and deal with. Like uh, there's this scripture, Proverbs 14, verse 30 says, the heart at peace gives life to the body, mm-hmm. but envy rots the bones. Yeah. So yeah. envy can cause osteoporosis. You know, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Doc. I'm, I'm <laughs> out of my league there. But you know, <laughs> that, yeah, or, you know, exactly. And then, yeah. you know, you think when you go to Doc, Doc tells you, okay, this is the problem you have uh, and this is what we need to do. Mm. But the root of the problem is that you have envy issues, man, you yeah. know, and mm. there, I don't know many doctors that, you know, there's good respect to the medical fraternity that will say, 
take two of these, you know, three times a day and don't take continuously without you know, seeing your doctor and you'll be okay. After day five of envy, you'll be sorted out. You know what I mean? You, These are the kind of things that you need someone, who, a spiritual insight mm-hmm. to say, hey, you got envy issues. I remember one case, and this is a bit controversial, but I'll tell you anyway, because this is from my, my, my experience, mm-hmm. where I was praying for someone and they they had they had issues. They were physically unwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was trying to pray for them, uh, I got a word of knowledge, and uh, I, I believe the the Holy Spirit was telling me that this person's issues were stemming from their not being faithful with their tithe. Now, this is something I was I was receiving. I had no like you know background to to say. Oh yes, I can see how in the Bible it says you know you can find scriptures that you can you know. But it just didn't. In that moment, I was like shocked. And it was very sensitive because in that church I was going to at the time, the pastor had given a message a few weeks before, debunking the whole tithe thing. That tithe is Old Testament, and it, you know we don't do the tithe. So, on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving this thing, and mm-hmm. I want to be faithful with it. And on the other, I'm mindful of so much that's happening around. But yeah. I just said, okay, let me just go on a limb and say, look, I know that in this church, this is what we taught recently. But you personally, in your own heart, um. Do you believe in this tithe thing? Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, you know, I, I tithe faithfully. And, you know, she had come from another church and it was a principle for her, for her you know, uh, and regardless of what we were taught. And I said, and I, and I said to her, um, I, I believe that you haven't been faithful in your tithe recently, you know, because when you get word of knowledge, you kind of try to feel out and, you know, I hope I'm not wrong here. <laughs> trying to... So I asked a, a bit of a leading question, mm. uh, and she said, yeah, actually, uh, it's something that's been on my mind, and I feel like God has been speaking to me about it and so forth. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so I'm not going to pray for you until you sort this issue out. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and sort it out. Uh, go and, if, I'm not saying go and do your back dating and say from the time when I last, no. <laughs> Just go and pay whatever it is that you're supposed to pay recently and do that. Yeah. And then when I spoke to her the week after, she said that she didn't have the issue anymore physical problem so mm. you know uh, that's the benefit of prayer is that you can get insight that when you do go to the scientific world they won't be able to pick up on the microscope or through mm. blood tests and so forth mm. Um, mm. and I think it's, it's, it's an important aspect to keep in mind um, when when we are talking about healing and yeah. with the science yeah. and so forth and so yeah. Yeah. well this is very interesting and what, what I'm picking up from what uh, the both of you are saying is that um there's no we should avoid extremes right yeah. where um on one end we can go the uh whole si- you know we can go the entirely scientific route where we're like it's all science every if, if it can't be explained empirically if you, if there's no actual evidence then you know it's not there mm-hmm. uh, and then the other extreme is to say um everything is spiritual mm-hmm. and if you don't pray about it if it's the devil if it's not god it's the devil and then we we miss out on the fact that there's a whole lot of other dynamics mm-hmm. that are that are in between that mm-hmm. we can't always explain mm-hmm. um my question quickly um because because yeah. we're, we're, we're uh-huh. running out of time my question i think i'll direct this one to dr t is we're living now in a time where um Science is almost becoming, in fact, has become a worldview, like yeah. a, a whole philosophy on its yeah. own, right? Where we, uh, where people are trying to explain the world yeah. through science, yeah. right? And I find that even you know that that affects, that obviously affects people like you who are in the industry, who um, right. are in the field, and probably some of the bodies that you're a part of, 
um, are affected by, you know, this, this whole belief. What I want to know is that, you know, as a Christian and as someone who's uh, a practicing Christian, but a, a doctor as well, um, how have you found um, this affecting you, if it has in any way? And how do you, what advice would you give to someone who is um, a Christian, right? Who is either considering getting into some sort of a scientific um, right. occupation and they've got to contend with these things because these are real things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Cookie Monster, for that question. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, so, so it, is, it is a bit of an issue. And I think it's kind of dependent um, geographically where you are. I would say in third world countries, you know, we haven't pushed God out to that extreme yet. But generally, that's where you know the world is going if you look at our textbooks there's a lot about um um overemphasis and maybe claims that are beyond what the authors know to be true mm-hmm. about evolution and so forth mm-hmm. oh you know so the introduction of a chapter we talk about how you know we evolved from here and a big leap you know scientifically to say from here to here and that's how we got this part of the brain or this part of the body developed along this chain very big leaps, you know, that if you're not able to, to see what science can genuinely um, prove yeah. versus a claim that's beyond what science can actually, um, you know, um, achieve or, you know, or prove or be able to make a faith or truth statement about. When I was saying geographically, I'll speak about um, an experience a colleague of mine had, you know, mm-hmm. very strong Christian. She was based in Australia. She was in medical school. And um, scientifically, an unborn child is not a person. Right. And science doesn't attribute value to anything. It's just matter. It's just mm-hmm. a random atoms, and that's just what it is. So um, there was a, a teenager who, had, uh, who was pregnant, and the hospital had been working hard to convince her to abort the child. Mm-hmm. So she was doing her prayer ward rounds, you know, going around praying for patients. And she came across this particular patient and said, look, um, explain to her why she shouldn't have the abortion. You know, it's not, she told her that morally she didn't think it was right. Um, Explained how everybody is, you know, created, you know, by a creator. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, God knits us before we even formed and knows us before we even formed. And gave her that world view. The following day, literally 24 hours later, the social worker who had been working tirelessly for weeks to get her to the point of accepting the abortion, she turned it down. And it was a big nyaya in the hospital. She almost got kicked out of the medical school. Yeah, she almost got kicked out of the, you know, not being allowed to, to see patients at all. Mm. Um, at the very least without supervision. And there was a big backlash, mm-hmm. you know. And you almost see that the backlash is beyond um, being reasonable. Right. It's almost someone has taken a personal offense and it's a personal stance a system has taken, you know, almost very personally to push out particular worldviews, you right. know, religious and Christian worldviews. So to, your, to, the, to the point of your question to say, how does one navigate through such a, you know, through such a... Um, um, you know, treacherous waters. You're saying that you know you yourself need to actually understand why you believe what you believe. 
you know, you have to go through the process, you know, to be able to say, to justify yourself first to yourself before you can discuss it with someone else. You know, I believe I'm in a position that if a professor were to stand across me and you were to have an open discussion, mm-hmm. a genuinely open discussion, not I'm more senior than you, and we share worldviews, I'm able to produce a good enough and valid enough points or an apologetic as to why I have the stance that I have. That, you know, science doesn't disprove God. It points towards God. Mm-hmm. They're not mutually exclusive. They're one and the same, you know. Science doesn't negate. It's a mechanism of how God does, you know. Yeah. And, you know, that's, how, that's my answer to, to you is that as Christians, we need to be able to have a response that makes sense. But it can only make sense first to ourselves before you can actually present that to a non-believer or to the rest of the world or a hostile environment for that matter. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I think as we draw to a close, uh, I think just one other question I actually want to ask mm-hmm. Kowaza. <laughs> um, you, you are you know, somebody who is obviously quite well-versed with, um, with, with the Bible. And Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, be- you're better than most. So that I know. So I need new friends. Um, my question. So do we. <laughs> my, my question to you would be, um, what what advice would you give to somebody who um, is in a place right where um, they're they're strong Christian, they believe um, that they're supposed to follow the the spiritual route, yeah. right, as sort of their primary um, source of healing so to speak um you know what what sort of advice would you would you give from someone you know just from from your experience from from your standpoint and from your belief system yeah look i i think it's it's very difficult to generalize the advice but uh, i'll do the best i can um because everything is so situational especially with these things um but if they're a strong christian mature christian and they want to go the spiritual route you know, the Bible does, Jesus repeatedly said, your faith has made you well. You know, yeah. um, And one of the things you don't want to do when you're giving someone advice is to douse their faith. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why a lot of people then in that situation won't try and really give, get guys to see reason is to say, you know, what if I'm, you know, I'm the guy, who the, I'm the wet blanket, you know, that mm-hmm. someone will testify about later and saying this. This person told me not to do this, but I didn't listen God to them. Did and God did it anyway. You know, you don't want to be that guy, or you know. So <laughs> that's what complicates it, I guess. But I, I believe if someone says this is what I want to do, there's there's need to respect um, mm. the decision. I think, uh, and I think this also applies in your world, Doc, mm. uh, is that you cannot impose, uh, you know, your way or impose your beliefs on someone. I'll put everything out on the table. This is what's available. If you want to do this and you say you have the faith, go for it. But here are the things that you have to look out for. Um, and at the end of the day, it's your decision. Go ahead uh, with whatever you want to do. But I think it's important just to give them that. You know, Sometimes people, in my experience, I found people mistake uh, strong will and desire with faith. They're not the same thing many times. You can have desire that you think is faith but it's not faith mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's so important to be able to try and discern that um, and as far as possible to say look okay say you have faith one thing I, I do say to people 
And it's not just about when they're in a, when you're dealing with sickness. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, uh, if it doesn't work out, don't to be don't be too proud to walk it back. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and, and it applies to yeah. everything that I'll, I'll give someone advice on whether they're believing for a house and then they just didn't do something, or the you know the guy who say I'm we're well, believing for a house, or we're not going to move to a certain place until we have our house. We're gonna mm-hmm. only move out of here until we have a house. Yeah, you know, and sometimes that's you know okay where you are is not quite the best place for this and that and the other thing and so on. But yeah, don't be afraid to walk it back. If okay. you find that you are you have, you've believed and it's not working out, you're still sick, go to the doctor. Save your life instead of trying to just you know your ego and your pride and yeah. all that sort of stuff. That's all I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, this has been good. I I think you know there's so much more that we can we can discuss on this subject. But I think today you know we, we've yeah I think we'll we'll end it here. So thank you very much, Dr. Thank T. You, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. It's cool. been good it's and awesome. great. Kowaza. Always a pleasure. Always good. Maybe we should call you that. No, no, <laughs> no, got no, too, no. Too, many too many names, names right? <laughs> All right, cool. And to our listeners, thank you guys for listening. And I really hope that you know, as as this conversation has been happening, you you got to you know to to listen and pick out some things and to challenge yourself also, because I think it's important that as we have these conversations, you challenge some of your stances on things and and not not just defend your position because that's your position, but allow truth. You know, to mm. to to penetrate and to permeate, you know, because that's ultimately what's going to set you free. Mm. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiant at the hub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.